0: This is episode number 294, how can you be bold enough to act in any situation with Fred Joel? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and And struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive Live the Story You Create. What this is, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a series of conversations that take place every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of resilience, gratitude, appreciation, and many other topics. If you feel this is of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding our upcoming conversation, as well as ways that you can be a part of any given discussion. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at odds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Fred, welcome to the show.
1: It's great to be here, Oleg. Uh, I, I love this topic, and I think it's really relevant for your listeners.
0: No, thank you. Thanks for being a part of it, and I also got to thank Abby for introducing the two of us. She's uh, she's really a phenomenal person, so her and I connected through Zoom, and we were able to converse briefly about uh, just the different things that she's a part of in her life, and I instantly just felt that this would be a great connection, not only between her and I, but also between the two of us. And I know that the topic we initially wanted to explore was this concept of boldness. and What does it actually mean to be bold in life? And I figured that maybe the best way that we can even kick out this conversation is from your own personal experience. And that is, when did you notice that this is something that you aspired for in your life? And that's to, the ability to take more bold actions. And then the, the other part of that question is, how do you actually even know that the action that you're taking is bold? Compared to an action that you're taking that is not bold? Like, how do, how do you know that? How do you personally know the difference between the two? If there is a yeah. loaded questions okay. off the bat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a lot to it. Um, um, and well, I, I grew up as a very shy person, uh, and, uh, and I would see bold people, and I thought, well, they must just be born this way. You know they just they walk into a room they meet people they try stuff they never feel embarrassed they they, they never they don't experience rejection um and I, went, I was like how is this possible because i take everything on um and so and it and it really upset me i you know i'll give you a, a work example is i was working in a machine shop i did a bunch of jobs that when i finished college just sort of randomly. Uh, trying to find my way. And the owner, he, he saw me as somebody with promise. So he brings me into the office side of the business. And he says, I want you to start calling people and, uh, you know, and see if they'll do business with us, see if they need us for our, you know, everything that we do at this machine shop. And he gives me a desk and a phone and that's it. I, I couldn't dial the phone. I couldn't make <laughs> one phone call, right? It's so like I just like back in the machine shop for me, right? Uh, and so, and I went like, and, and then the other sales guy, he's like talking and yak, you know, he's having all these great conversations with people, and I went like, how how did he get this way? Uh, and and so it it made me upset with myself that I was hesitating. And what I figured out is hesitation is really the opportunity killer. This leads to the second part of, of your question, which is how do you know when you're bold? It's when you don't hesitate, when you don't miss opportunities. Um, and so I, what I did is I gradually figured out how to get bolder and bolder and bolder. And I'm, you know, I still feel introverted and shy sometimes, but it doesn't control my actions. I can I can I can meet anybody I want. I can I'll try anything. I I don't miss out on stuff anymore, and that's the big shift. And I wanted to teach other people how to do it, so I wrote a book on exactly how I did it. and And that's what uh, is is very satisfying for me is to say you can learn this. it, it isn't just something that you're born with or that has because some people are bold sometimes yeah but they can't summon it all 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 the the time time. or Mm -hmm. they can't summon it when they need it like like when it when it matters most they go "Ah, Mm -hmm. and then they hesitate
0: what do you think contributes to that like was that the upbringing that you've had did your parents instill that early on within you because i know that the more i think about my experience so i might have had a slightly different upbringing than the one that you have had and that's I was adopted into U S and my first one to two years, I think one of the things that I almost immediately started doing was knocking on people's doors to shovel their driveway or to mow their lawns. And I know that it was through those actions, as well as my parents' encouragement of wanting me to do it more and more that I was able to further def- def- define this concept of boldness and confidence and courage to go out there and, and do those things. And so I'm wondering in your case, what contributed to those things in your own life was was it the parents? Was it the the friends that you were surrounded with? The books that you read? Like what what made the difference?
1: Yeah. So yeah, your upbringing, you what you did is very interesting. Is you started to do those things that knocking on doors, and you got the reward for it, um, and so y- you learned to not hesitate. And that what a lot of people do is they they experience rejection and it's very intense for them and so they avoid any sort of discomfort like that Uh, and and that becomes their programming what what i had in my upbringing is i had my mom was very bold and she was always trying to push me to do stuff before i was ready to do it and my dad was more of a quiet shy sort of person and so she she stressed me out Basically, and made me more hesitant and more fearful. Uh, and I and I think I just was I just never developed enough confidence. Nothing was giving me the confidence that I wanted until I started to say, "All right, I have to establish this within myself. I have to stop worrying about what other people think." And it's one of the things I talk about in the book is like, whose opinions should really matter to you. Uh, because a lot of people, they take everybody's opinion on and it and it and it affects them. I there's five or six people whose opinions really matter to me. And everybody else is way lower on the scale. And that's it makes your life a heck of a lot easier and you can accomplish a lot more.
0: Do you find that in those opinions? So the question is, how do you know? How do you know who to listen to? And and is it primarily people who are closest to you, people that have been Closest to the experiences that you've had, and and then from the other part of that question is how do you know who to tune out, or do you uh, listen so, to everyone to a degree?
1: Yeah. Uh, you can listen to everyone, but you don't have to take it on as fact or valuable information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's people who care about you, uh, who pe- people who are honest with you, and that's that should be hopefully a lot of people but uh, people that you respect and people who are achieving what you want to achieve and and then uh, and a mentor would be somebody that you you're gonna you're gonna listen hard to because the mentor's responsibility she's gonna tell you exactly what she thinks you need to hear based on listening to you uh and that's that's what you should be taking on but everybody else the the thing is people have all these biases built in and all of these judgment that, that they run very casually in their head without a lot of thought mm-hmm. and you can't take that on i you know i remember walking up to uh uh, uh this woman at the crosswalk once and and i was i said to her you know, it's interesting. Normally I would jaywalk, but, but there's a cop here and there's almost never a cop here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and instead of responding to me, she does this flick with her hand at me. Like, like I was something stuck to her finger or something. Right now I could have, the younger Fred would have gone like, Oh, I'm being rejected. But all I did was Wow, she's in she's in a whole different headspace right now, and I just mm-hmm. I, I I didn't take it on. It's like, and that's what you have to realize. It could have been the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. You know, her boyfriend could have just broken up with her. She could have just gotten fired. Her blood sugar could have been way off. Whatever the heck it was, I don't know that. Why do I need to take that on? Mm-hmm. So it's like shrink the number of people. Whose opinions matter, and say, why should it matter? Who who are they to me, mm-hmm. and is this information that they're offering me valuable, or or is their response valuable to me, or or even relevant? Uh, where are they coming from? So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's a judgment call always, but assume that people are not really thinking that hard about you. Yeah, Uh, they're thinking about themselves, right? That's, you know, we think they're thinking about us, they're they're thinking about us for like two seconds, then they go back to themselves.
0: And that's a big thing that I've also learned throughout my journey is I remember I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she said the same exact thing, that people just don't wake up with you at the top of their mind. Very (laughs) few people think of you at the beginning. And I know that for me, for many years, I took that personally. I would sit there and think, why are they not thinking about X, Y, and Z? Or yesterday when we spoke, they promised they would do ABC and they never delivered. And so I take those actions personally. And then after a while, I just really begin to embrace this concept that in most situations, people don't truly wake up thinking about you because at the end of the day, they do have their own lives. And I also find it interesting how you mentioned this, this whole story of the lady that you had crossed I know for me, one of the things that I begin to realize is, I, and I want to say this is true for everyone, everyone is fighting a battle that I don't know anything about. Now, some battles yes. are more extreme than others, or there's probably a variety of them. But I found that to be a common theme. Regardless of who the person is, they, they're always fighting some form of battle on their own battlefield. And I think in understanding that, that has also helped me develop more compassion for people in general that I come across and knowing that, okay, I come across this individual who cuts me off in traffic. Did they really mean to do that? Or was there something else that they were experiencing at the time? And so I I don't know how exactly I developed that, but I think it it was probably just a series of reminders, constantly repeating in my head that, okay, everyone is fighting a battle that I don't know anything about and just continuing to repeat that from day to day. What do you think shifted for you? How, How did you get to this point of understanding that, people have their own wor- worlds and realities that they're going through and you know they can only see through the lens that they currently have
1: i think you you hit the the word which is compassion when you start to have empathy for other people mm-hmm. you realize that there could be something else happening and you don't have to have a negative judgment about it like somebody cutting you off in traffic it's like you they could be a jerk right which is our reflex what a jerk Mm -hmm. or they could be late for work and about to get fired or you know their wife is pregnant and they're trying to go get her pick her up and get her to the hospital Mm -hmm. or any number of things why take it on as something negative why why not opt for boy this guy must be in a real hurry or maybe he didn't see me at all and and let it go why why squirt the cortisol into your system because mm-hmm. if the one if the guy is a jerk he doesn't care if you think he is yeah. right uh, yeah. and two most of the time, people are just in a hurry, or this is this is they're not they're they're thinking about something else. They're not going. Geez, I hope I don't hurt this person's feelings on the highway. They didn't mm-hmm. wake up in the morning going, "I'm going to cut as many people off as possible." <laughs> they just, they, you know, they're going on with their lives. So I, I think the more you can make a, 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 a give people the benefit of the doubt, mm. the better off you'll be the better you'll feel as you go through the day. Mm-hmm. And I think, and and I didn't do that for a long time. And and I realized that I was carrying all of this stuff myself and it was unnecessary. So I just, I, I come down on the side of the benefit of the doubt for anybody in any situation.
0: Do you believe everything is relative then? Are all events neutral?
1: Uh, I don't know if I could, I would say that. Uh, I, I, I think that, Uh, everybody's experience of everything is different. I think, I think no matter how bad people are, they think they're doing good things Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time um, uh, or that they, they had no choice but to do those things. Uh, But I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's definitely good actions and bad actions and positive things and negative things. I just don't want to assume the negative all the time. Mm-hmm. for my own benefit they could be mm-hmm. they, they could be a jerk they could be the meanest person in the world they could care only about themselves 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. um and 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 out for destruction you know i think there's pe- there's people out you, you know doing really bad things and really planning to do those things but mm-hmm. i'm not going to assume everybody's doing that so
0: and and that i've really i've had a similar realization recently and the only reason why I've had this is because I'm a huge believer in the yin and the yang. I think that there is a balance. And and I know that sometimes when I would have conversations with, with people and they would oftentimes say, well, how could X, Y, and Z exist? And I try and look at those situations where I think I see, I try to see value in all of it because in seeing the, as you mentioned, the bad actions, it creates the contrast for good actions. In seeing things that aren't working well, it creates the opportunity for things that could work well. And I think almost like without the other, then the question becomes, could the other one exist? Without the bad, could there be good? Or are they, are they dependent on each other? And I think it's the same exact thing when we started talking about this concept of being bold. And that's if there were times where we didn't choose to take that action, if there were times where I chose to hesitate, if I didn't experience that, would it actually be possible for me to experience boldness and and pure confidence in the moment? Or do I need to have all of those situations play out in my life in order to create a perspective for me that, okay, this is what it feels to be hesitant, and these are the results it produced or did not produce, and now I can try a different step in order to change the, the, the outcomes that I might
1: experience. Yeah, I, I think human beings learn from mistakes and pain more than <sighs> anything. I mean, I, I think it, it was the pain of all of the missed opportunities that happened in my life that said, look, I have to fix this. I have to not be this, I have to not behave this way anymore. And also <laughs> I separated myself from my behavior. I stopped saying I'm a shy person and started saying, I'm behaving in a shy way and mm-hmm. I don't have to, uh, I can behave in a different way. And as you start to do it, you, you start to figure out what bold people figured out a long time ago is that you should never be the one that stops yourself. Let somebody else stop you. And most of the time it won't happen. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, nothing bad happens anyway. You know, the, uh, the hesitant or person is has come up with the worst case scenario right mm-hmm. and they go well that that could happen it's like and it could be a one percent chance of it happening and they've decided that would be a really bad thing the bold person goes that might happen but i don't think so and even if it does it'll be okay and so they they act you know they introduce themselves to somebody they ask for a raise they ask for a promotion they they start a business they they do you know they they introduce themselves to somebody who could be the love of their life. Um, you know, they they do those things. They choose to act. And that's the difference between confidence and boldness, really, this confidence is feeling a certain way. Boldness is acting a certain way. Boldness mm-hmm. is taking action towards what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. Why is it important for you to be bold at this chapter of your life?
1: Uh, I, I think because I don't wanna live a life with any regrets. I don't wanna look back and have regretted any moment if possible. I got enough, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanna I want to stop the aggregation of re- regrets. And I, I wanna have the most impact in the world. I, I think bold people are the ones that make all the difference in the world. And I wanna create more bold people to, to go out in the world and make a difference. We got big problems to solve in the world. Mm-hmm. And it takes bold people to say, I think I can solve it. I think I can solve the plastics problem. I think I can solve the air pollution problem or the water shortage or, or all of those things or the electrical grid, whatever it is that they believe they can make a difference. And, mm-hmm. I, and just if, they, if they're happier, if they're more positive because they're taking bold action, that makes the world a better place is we got enough negativity to last us 10 Mm -hmm. lifetimes. Mm
0: -hmm. I've realized a similar thing. I think within my journey that the more I started to reflect on this topic and even this conversation right now, this concept of regrets continuing to reappear. And that's the regrets that I would experience towards the end of life. And I know that having had however many conversations with people who, who have been in their last moments or their last days, that's one of the common themes is the regrets of the things that they wish they would have done and chose not to do. And I think there's, um, I, I, there's a profound lesson within all of that. I think being able to do those things. And I guess the, the other part that I also find fascinating is some of these things that I dream of, I may never achieve, not for the sake of not being able to, but also maybe for the sake of time. I may not have the time to achieve every single dream and aspiration. But I think having the ability to do it, or at least to go after those things is important for me because I know at the end of the day, having had conversations with people who have been there, it's that's one of the common themes is understanding the things that they were able to do and the things that they weren't able to do. And I think, I mean, there, there is science behind that. Every two For every negative, there is what, 4X positive, something like that. And so I could only imagine being in that last chapter of your life, whatever that age may look like, and just constantly thinking of the things that I wish I could have done and chose
1: not to do consciously. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to live a life where you didn't say the things you wanted to say to people. You didn't mm-hmm. try the things you wanted to try. I mean, there's an age old adage is you, you will only regret the things you didn't try, the things you tried and failed at or were, that you thought people were gonna laugh at or whatever. Those are gonna be forgiven or forgotten or just washed away with the passage of time. But what's gonna gnaw at you a, in, in your last days is like, I should have done this, I should have done that. And it's the same thing with, you know, not only do we not know how much time we have, we don't know how much time other people have in their life. Mm-hmm. My dad passed away in an instant and, and I had a million questions for him that I thought I had years to ask him. I just didn't have one more minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a, a catalytic moment for me too, was I said, look, I, I can't, if I got to say something or ask something of someone or try something or do something, i got to do it. Because that person may not be around, or I may not be around. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, stop thinking you got an infinite amount of time with people or for yourself. I mean, you know, we're in the game, but we don't know how long the coach is going to let us play. You know, yeah. that's the whole thing. So.
0: I read from one of the books, it, it was such a simple phrase, and yet it had such a profound impact. He was, I think it was in Jay Shetty's book called Think Like a Monk. And one of the things that he says in there is every breath could be your last. And I just remember hitting rewind and rewind, 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 because it was so true. And and I think that's one of the things I know for a fact I take for granted. And I'm curious if you do too. And that's this concept of breathing. I mean, I, I don't even know how it works. I just wake up <laughs> and it just happens. I am able yes. to absorb the oxygen and somehow it goes through this whole, process and then it can give me the ability to move and think and do all these other things but really the more i thought about that sentence and i guess the other part is maybe it's not fully possible to appreciate that the, the I, I don't of think you can breath. live
1: every you can't live every day like it's your last or you would yeah. spend all your money yeah. first of all right <laughs> you would borrow as much money as you possibly could and spend it um but you have to be conscious that you don't have an infinite amount of time. That's kind of the way yeah. I've readjusted it. Um, and, but also I've had enough experiences where opportunities slipped away mm. and and they are one time moments. I saw somebody I really wanted to meet, you know, a, a person I really admired or respected, but I was like, oh, they don't want to talk to me right now. Uh, and I've switched that to doing that. And now I always do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm good at it because I've gotten comfortable. I know how to relax and have a normal human conversation with people, but you don't want those. You don't want to believe that you're going to get another chance at that. That's where the regrets come from is, is if, is like I say at the beginning is that hesitation is the opportunity killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's one time, you know, I, I use uh, eulogies giving a eulogy for a family member or mm-hmm. a friend, you know, your best friend passes away, you're going to want to give a eulogy. You don't want to be sitting there going, oh, I'm, I don't like public speaking. I, I, I hate public speaking. It's like, I'm sorry. You're never going to get to say anything about this person in front of these people again like this. Mm-hmm. This is a one-time moment to honor this relationship that you have with this person. And if you think you're not going to regret this, you're crazy, right? So I don't care if you cry or stumble. Nobody cares, Mm -hmm. right? If you can't get half the words out, what you did is you stood up and did it. And that, and you will not regret one moment of, of however it came out. You will only regret that you stayed in your seat and didn't say anything.
0: Do you find that there are areas in your life that it's more challenging to be bold
1: in? Oh, yeah. The, the more uh, at risk you feel like of failing, mm. the, the harder it is to be bold. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what stops us is, oh, we're going to get rejected or we're going to be embarrassed or people are going to laugh at us or we're going we're to fail in some way. So we guarantee that we failed by not trying. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a screwy way that our brain works. Um, but yeah, I know people that are confident and bold all the time, except when it really matters. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so they move through life socially. They're completely confident, but if they had to, you know, I use a a good friend of mine's a painter. The only thing he's not bold about is selling his paintings, Mm. which would make an amazing difference in the quality of his life the the spread of his art around the world and how much money he made. Yeah, but his, any other situation, he's completely bold. So, yeah. um, and so there's when when it, I call it your discomfort zone. When you're moving into your discomfort zone, you feel at risk in some way that you've defined. Bold people don't, they go they go right into their discomfort zone and and see what happens. Right. So that's kind of what I've done in my book is, is created all these exercises that move you gradually into your discomfort zone and expand it with just doing simple things that are a little bit more challenging as time goes on. Uh, but that's and that's what you want to do. You want to build your boldness muscle just like you would build your biceps, uh, is, is by working them, working it every day. Do something bold every day that isn't necessarily critical, so that when that matters, your reflex is to react boldly, not to hesitate.
0: What was the purpose of the book? Why did you write it? Uh,
1: I, I wanted to get people to understand that this could be learned and show them a systematic way that they could be as bold as they wanted to be way faster than I did. It took me decades to learn this stuff you can you can vastly expand your boldness in three months. And then you, can, you will increase it the rest of your life because you'll realize it's a process. And I figured out how I did it and how somebody could do it faster. I created this systematic way. And then I created exercises that people could do. And I had spoken to a group of young people, uh, high school students, and had given a lecture about this as I was preparing the material and it really resonated with them. And I thought, okay, now I, and, I, and of course on stage, I committed to writing the book. So now I really had to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't give myself a way out, uh, which is always a great way to go, right? Is don't let the door lock behind you and you gotta, you gotta perform, you gotta deliver. So uh, that's it. And I, I just wanna have, at this point in my life, contribution is the most important thing to me I want to have as much impact on the quality of as many people's lives as possible Uh, I may make money doing it that's really not important to me what's important is this this helps people to see that they don't have to regret anything they they don't have to reach the end of their life going ah I missed out on that Mm -hmm. or I missed out on this or I wish I'd done that I wish I'd said that
0: Where can people find it?
1: It is on Amazon. Uh, It is, uh, there's a Kindle version. There's an Mm -hmm. audible version, which is me reading it. And there's a hardcover version. So, uh, and you can also go to my website, which is fredjoyle.com. Download the first chapter if you want, uh, or there's a quick click that goes right to the Amazon page from there as well.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.